0: All right, if you have your Bibles, go back to the Holies of Holies of the New Testament. Jesus is praying, and I want you to know that He's praying with some great, great depth of heart. Of course, He's God, and He's Jesus, and of course, He knows how to pray. If you have ever want to learn how to pray, then you just need to study this prayer. It's the real Lord's Prayer. He's just taught some great lessons to His disciples about, in this world you shall have tribulation. And he mentions world over 17 times, I believe, in this 17, 17th chapter. And it's really a great prayer on how to be of good cheer and overcome the world. A lot of times we take the chapter headings and we just drop the thought. But I want to tell you something, John sixteen thirty three leads right into John chapter 17. And folks, if we're going to be overcomers, we need to find out who God is and have a relationship with him. Last I was minding my own business just going through these principles, and the Holy Spirit just said, you need to check and make sure this gentleman's saved. And so I just stopped everything, and I said, now listen, do you know you're saved? We can't talk about spiritual oneness. We can't talk about ministering out of fullness, because if you're not saved, you're empty. The most you can do is manipulate. And uh, I asked the young lady, I said, did you get saved? She said, yes, I did. The youth pastor, uh, I called him to my house after I got under conviction, I know I'm saved. And I looked at him and he says, no, I don't know him, say. But praise God, he, he, he knew he knew in a few minutes because he met the eternal God. And I'm going to tell you something. If you think you can build a marriage without God, you've got another thought coming. You think you can build a life without God, you've got another thought coming. We need God. If you think you can raise your children, let's, let's just go right there for a second. you think you can raise your children in a time like this without God, um, you've got another thought coming so we just need God, and when we read this, we see how, how wonderful the last part of this uh, uh, chapter, seven, or the first part of it, verse 4. It says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now I pray that that will be my prayer right before I go home, that I have glorified the Lord God Almighty, the one that gave me breath, the one that saved me and the one that sustained me through a lot of uh, near misses probably, that I have glorified him. That's the bottom line. That's the the reason you exist. And to give give God the glory. day before yesterday, Connie and I were visiting and uh, Gary was sleeping so sound, I didn't want to wake him up, but then again I wanted to talk to him. And so I was talking pretty loud as I normally do to his two boys and I got louder and louder and louder and all of a sudden he just woke up. And my wife said, I wonder why, you know. He just woke up and he immediately uh, looked at me and said, boy, I'm glad you're here and you're such a blessing. And you know, I want to apologize. I'm not going to make the banquet Saturday night. He was concerned about how I would feel about him miss. I said, Brother Gary, Don't you worry about it. I need your prayers. And then he began to just reminisce on how blessed he is. He's sitting in a hospital, had a terrible, if he hadn't been in the hospital at 4.30 that morning, he would not be alive. I know that for a fact. Uh, God's providence had him where he could get help. And And he's counting his blessings. Folks, that is the attitude that we ought to have. And I thank God for him. And I'm praying for him. Uh, Tonight he needs your prayers desperately. But folks, I believe that we all can say whatever we can say about our life. We ought to say this. I have glorified thee on the earth and I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Uh, Paul said it like this. He said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Amen. I fought a good fight. And Folks, the fight is against the flesh, the world, and the devil. So we need to finish right. And if you don't finish right, whatever you did right before will be forgotten. We need to finish right. And I want you to see verse 4 and uh, 5, something that just just blows my little mind, and I cannot even conceive it, much less try to preach on it, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's the Word of God. And that is this topic. What happened... Before the world was What happened Before the world was Let's stand all the word of God I'm going to read one verse And you're going to say praise God Thank the Lord for that It says in that Because a lot of you look tired I thought I was tired But when I looked at you I feel young Amen But anyway I've had a rough day This is a great congregation I mean This, this building looks so much bigger Without these lights And several people said They missed the chandeliers I don't Makes this place look bigger Amen and, and you're filling it up And that's great But look at this It says And now O Father Shh Jesus is praying Don't take this lightly Now O Father Don't know if he said it loud I don't know if he said it long I don't know if he said it quietly But he said O Father Glorify thy me with thine own self With the glory Which I had with thee And here's the phrase I want to take and preach just a few minutes on before the world was. Let me repeat that verse. And now, O Father, glorify Thy me with Thine own self, with the glory which I had with Thee before the world was. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank You that You're the eternal God. And Lord, I thank You that You, Jesus Christ, is Lord. The very God, Lord, part of the Trinity. We can't explain it. Lord, we can't figure it. We can't trace you, but we sure can trust you. And Lord, we sure can worship you as a living God that has lived forever and that's going to allow us to be connected to eternity with you in heaven. Lord, it blows my mind to think about before the world was. But Lord, in this simple prayer, But in this deep prayer, God, you you tell us and you take us back to the eons before even the world was created, and there you were. And Lord, you are the I am, not the I was. And you're the not I'm going to be, but you are the I am. And Lord, you are enough, and there's nobody like you. And so Lord, we worship you and we praise you for who you are and knowing that we have eternal life because we know Thee, the only true God. So Lord, bless this message and help me, God, to preach something that's way over my head. But Lord, I believe it, it can come to our hearts and change our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to notice four things, what happened before the world was. I want you to see that before the world was, Jesus existed as the eternal God. Last night in the council session, I was talking about our chance to mirror God's image and the purpose and the joy definition of marriage. I do this every marriage session, especially if I don't know the couple and they're not members of this church because they've never been to one of the retreats, so they hadn't heard that 14 times. Five reasons to be married, stay married, and enjoy marriage. All start with M's. But folks, the Bible says that Jesus said, God said, let us make man in our image, male and female. And as we complement each other and die to self and blend into each other by the Spirit of God and become one spiritually, we mirror the Trinity. And folks, there it is again in Genesis 1 verse 26 is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has always been. Folks, and they never have had a beginning. They're God. He's God, the triune God. I want you to go back to the earliest recollection of your life. What would it be? We're keeping grandchildren, and I'm going to tell you something. One of them, praise God, he is into everything. He's a climber. He's not only a climber, he's a grabber. I was uh, supposed to be watching him while Mimi took a shower this morning before I came up here to study, because I sure wasn't going to try to study down there with two grandchildren. And all of a sudden, i discovered they weren't with me in my little study. I was going to study and babysit. And it was real quiet. And I said, my goodness, where are they at? And I went into the den, and there was little Oliver. He had taken my fresh box of Kellogg's cornflakes that I love so much. I love that stuff. It's sweet, and I feel like I can still eat it and be on a diet. And he had taken it and dumped it over his head, all over the, his, pl- all over. The pl- I hope his mother don't hear this. Or she'll never let us keep him again. And I mean, it was up to his, it was up to his ankles, and he was reaching down and eating it off the floor. <laughs> That's an early recollection for him because I really let him have it. I said, you know, you're not supposed to eat this cat cornflakes. corn flakes. And then he just looked up at those little eyes and. As grandparents always do, you don't do a thing to them. But anyway, that's why they're so rotten. But, uh, you know, we send them home so you discipline. Them. But I want to tell you this, folks, my earliest recollection is uh, not much. But i tell you, this, this, this afternoon, while traveling up to the church, I had a recollection of the first day that I was in the ministry in Claxton, Georgia. And we lived in Glenville, Georgia. And on that Sunday, we would travel all the way to Glaxon, Georgia, to a community center. And it, was, it grew by leaps and bounds, and great memories in that, in that little community center. And I remember the feeling of riding in that car, just the feeling. And I started smiling all the way to church with the feeling that I am going to church as a youth pastor to serve God, to serve the living God. I thought I was going to be in general electric the rest of my life and be an executive and make a lot of money. And I thought to myself, uh, the feeling, I recollect the feeling I had of just driving to the church, riding with the pastor now, uh, in the back seat with Connie in the back seat and Brenda up up front and Barry Westbrook uh, driving and just the feeling that I'm about to go into a church and be their youth pastor. And I, I, I just, I just that was a recollection. What's your recollection? Some of you can't go back many years like me. You, you blocked out your childhood. It was so dramatic. You know? <laughs> but, you know, uh, folks, we can go back beyond time in this one verse. God rules and overrules. And, folks, before the world was, I want you to put this down, and it's on the board uh, forever. I'm not sliding them each one in. Jesus existed as eternal God. All the members of Godhead existed. And folks, listen, the purpose of the whole gospel is to focus on Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 20 and verse um, 31 real quick. Let's get to preaching. Uh, Enough recollection. But these are written that might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. My Bible tells me, if you don't believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, then you can't get saved, believing ye that ye have life through his name. A lot of people think they just believe about Jesus, and they believe there is a hell, and there is a heaven, and they miss heaven. But folks, the Bible, the eternal God is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. That's the deity of God. In John chapter 1, we're in John 17, well, it's recorded that he's praying, and I don't know how... Uh, John put down this whole prayer I would have been so awestruck That I couldn't write anything Now maybe God gave him total recall After the prayer But it says in the beginning was the word And the word was God And the word was God And the same was in the beginning with God And folks listen He was in the beginning And the Bible says in John chapter 8 Look same, same book John chapter 8 and Look at verse 58 An outstanding um, uh, verse uh, They're all outstanding But this one's just so pungent about the deity of Christ John 8 verse 58 the Bible says Jesus said to them verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am before Abraham was because they were all enamored by Abraham and he says your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad verse 56 he was saying Abraham saw me at Mount Moriah he saw me in that sacrifice he saw me in that that, uh, that blood that was shed And folks he said, he said But I want you to know this He said verily verily Truly truly I say unto you Before Abraham was I am Folks people attempt to stone him But before Abraham was He was born Look at John chapter 10 Verse um, 33 real quick John 10 verse 33 Show you a lot of scripture tonight On the deity of Christ because you need it. We need it. The Jews answered him saying for a good work we stone thee not. But for blasphemy we cause that thou be a man making thyself God. And so they say we're stoning you because you say you're God. Well I'm going to tell you something. Not only did he say he was God. He is God. He's virgin born. That was a necessity. Uh, folks listen. Um, folks before uh, there was people born. God existed. He he wasn't born in this world. A son is given, amen? A child is born, but a son was given. And folks, number two, uh, we see Jesus shared the Father's glory. Now here's where it gets really deep and glorious and and, and solid in in our belief. The Bible says in verse five, John chapter 17 now, John 17 verse five, it says, And now, O Father, glorify Thou me with Thine own self, with the glory which I had with Thee before the world was. The glory. So number two, Jesus shared the Father's glory, uh, and 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 it's it's evident in this verse before the world was. Turn to Hebrews real quick. You know where I'm going. Hebrews chapter one. It's Hebrews chapter one, and I want to show you the one of the most beautiful descriptions of Jesus Christ in the Scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, all you preachers know where I'm going, but uh, go there anyway. Hebrews chapter 1, and you ought to definitely circle this, highlight it in yellow or pink or purple or whatever, just don't forget it. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. <clears throat> Listen to this. I'm to go back to verse, verse uh, 1 and 2. It says, God who has sundered times and divers matters spake in times past the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us, now listen to this, by His Son. Amen? Jesus ought to be special to you. Very special. Because He's God. Whom He hath (coughs) appointed heirs of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. But look at verse 3. Powerful. You ought to get this. Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he hath by himself purged our sin, listen this now, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's why Jesus, about to approach Calvary, about to die for your sins, said, Glorify me with the glory that I had before the world was. <clears throat> you know, the glory of God literally means this it's the sum total of all that He is, it's the expression of His character. You say, Glory to God, that summarizes everything that's glorious about Him His love, His tenderheartedness, His forgiveness, His power, His majesty, His sovereignty. And folks, uh, he's sovereign, but he still gives us a choice, amen. There's a new church going up on Doug Gap Road. That's what we need, another church on Doug Gap Road. And this one is just about as bad as most of the churches on Doug Gap Road, and I'm not being condescending. It's a Christ Reformed church. It's a five-tulip, hyper-Calvinist church that's very rich because they can rent that building up there called a bank. They own a bank now. And folks, I want to tell you something, what they believe. They believe that some are predestined to go to hell and some are predestined to go to heaven. And It doesn't matter about soul winning, it not matter about going out and knocking on doors because who, whoever will be, will be, and that's, the, that's settling. They're predestined, foreordained, for the foundation of the world to go to hell and then the, some to go to heaven. And that's so sad. And why I have church and why I start a church and why I worship. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm glad that God loves everybody. And I'm glad that everybody has a chance to serve God and love God and accept God. And folks, because he left the glory and splendor of heaven and came to this earth and took your sin debt and died in your place. And the Bible says he died for whosoever will. Say Amen. So don't ever believe a doctrine that makes you sit on a pew and be smug because you're the predestined elected one. predestination and election has to do with everything after salvation that you're to be conformed to his likeness. You're predestined before the foundation of the world to get saved and praise God, be like Jesus, amen? Be like God. Romans 8 and verse 28 and 29. Don't ever read 28 without 29. But folks, listen, it's difficult to grasp this concept. God's glory. There's nothing like it. The other night, uh, Brother Blaine, it's been several months now, probably years, the way time flies. Can you believe that all of y'all have been around this many years? I'm telling you, it's just amazing. I was asking Grant, I said, how long have you been around this church? How you been said, I think it's 28 years, preacher. I thought, my word, goodness, you don't look 28. But you know, listen, listen, he took a picture of this church and behind it was all these orange clouds in color. And I accused him of being like Brother Max Alderman and, and highlighting it. You know, he has a program where he can just put more color to it So, He said, no, sir, I just took it. I said, man, that's glorious. I said, can I have a copy of that? And I, I use it a lot of times for my cover page for all you Facebook fanatics. And um, the Bible says how we can, uh, we can see his glory. Psalms 19, verse 1. And I want to tell you something. People who don't believe there's a God, look at Look at the heavens. Look at the beautiful place you live. Amen? Isn't this, isn't this a beautiful place to live? Amen? All you from Arizona, say amen. Praise God. I mean, these mountains are full of color. <laughs> the valleys are full of green, and it's beautiful. I love this place, don't you? South Georgia's for the gnats and 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 pine trees, and man, it's it's flat. I love the mountains. But look at this. It says, the heavens declare what? The glory of God. And the firmness showeth his handiwork. You know what I love about this chapter? It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, verse 7. And the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He says, don't you be a John Denver and start hugging a tree and finding God in Rocky Mountain uh, fever or whatever he sung, you know. And you find Jesus on a log. That's where I met uh, old Swamp Fox back there in the sound room. He was uh, worshiping God in the woods when I met him. And praise God, you can't run him off this place now. He's here first and uh, turns the lights off if you don't leave pretty soon, uh, last. And, uh, you know, and loves the house of God and loves being a member of this church. And I love him. And we pray together every Sunday morning before we come in here. And He gets caught up sometimes. We miss half the song service. I don't care. But I want to tell you something, friend. You don't find Jesus in the logs and the birds and the bees you find Jesus through the Word It's a more perfect testimony converting the soul, but folks when you look at all that God's made, it's glorious. I mean you're, you're glorious. This is the way God's put you together, the way He's kept you together. I mean substance split apart is Adam's blowing up and folks God is calls is not only um, Created you, He saved you, but He has sustained you. Colossians 1, 17 says that all things consist. That's where we get the word cosmic glue. He holds us together. And I want to tell you something, the world's falling apart without Jesus. Christians at backslide are falling apart. He can, he can warp your brain, the devil. He can cause you to feel like there's no hope. The Bible says it was a death sentence for a priest to rent his robes. Leviticus chapter 10, 6. And folks, it's it's sad when a Christian commits suicide because there is always hope. We should never rent our robes. Apostles could rent their robes. Priests could rent their robes. I mean, excuse me, not priests. Apostles could, kings could rent their robes. Prophets could rent their robes. But priests could never rent their robes. Why? Because they had the priesthood of God upon them. And they were ones that had hope. They wore hope on their, on their chest. They wore holiness of God on their head. But folks, in their heart, they were called and sanctified and consecrated to be a priest for God because they represented God. So they should never give up. And we are all priests. Amen? We're all royal priests. Just in case some of you are depressed tonight, I want to hammer this home just a minute. There is no place that you can lose hope in the, as a Christian. Folks, there's no place in total despair. There's always a place where you can come to God and have access to Him. And He can encourage you. Say amen. And I feel so sorry for people the devil blind says there's no reason to live. There's no reason to live. And that's a life in the pit of hell. And so we see it. Just as the rays of the sun cannot be separated from the sun, Jesus Christ cannot be separated from God. He's God. And He's glorious. It's an amazing thing to think about. Before the world was, Jesus was there. And He was sharing the glory of God because He is God. And if you wrap your brain around that too long, you will probably get confused. (laughs) Because you can't figure that out. You must believe it. Look at uh, verse 22 of John 17. Let's go back to our text. I love series. I can just take my time. And I, I, like, I like the way you take your time listening. It says, in the glory, verse 22, chapter 17, look at it. And the glory which thou gavest me, listen to this now, I have given them. That, are they, that they may be one even as we are one. Whew. Folks, the Bible says that we can be one as the Trinity's one. That's why male and female ought to be one as Christians, couples. That's why we have hope for every marriage in this place, not to be shattered by the philosophies of the world and the adulterous, wicked generation that's attacking every marriage. We have Him. And we have the Spirit. And we have His glory. Our marriages ought to be glorious. Raising children ought to be glorious. I don't care if you have to sweep up catalogs, cornflakes, or they're knee deep to the, to the kids. Amen. Some of you mothers are looking at your husbands and say, so I could tell them better stories than that. <laughs> and I know you could. I remember one time the twins got quiet and they were in the... In the uh, kitchen by themselves Stephen and Stephanie and we let them stay in there too long and I remember they decided they were going to bake a cake like mama they pulled out everything in the refrigerator and broke it in pieces and put it in a big old bowl before we got there guess what I didn't eat it but anyway I'm I'm saying this friend it's glorious to have children It's glorious to go through all that glory. It's glorious to see them turn out right. It's glorious to be married. It's glorious to be in this church. It's glorious to be in the ministry. There ought to be a good feeling in our hearts that God has called us to bring glory to the eternal God. What a purpose. And what a depth it ought to be to our worship. And that's why I rebuke this worldly crowd that brings the world's music into the house of God. I think it's an abomination. I think it's as sad as the Democrats looked last last night. You can put on a little smile and dance around if you want to, but I want to tell you something. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Say amen right there. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's wonderful to worship the eternal God. (laughs) Hey, I don't have to get worked up. I don't have to get jazzed up. I don't have to get piped up. And you better not put rap music on me to try to get me to worship God. I know who he is. I've read his book. Praise God, I knelt down at an altar and talked to him. And he's answered prayer already. Somebody got saved last night. I live for that. I don't have to be worked up, piped up, orchestrated up. I rebuke that kind of worship. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke it. You say, oh, you shouldn't be that mean. I'm just that blunt. And I, Hey, listen, I'm about to get out of here probably, so I might as well just end right. I'm going to stay like I started. Straight. Not, not unkind, not crass, and not embarrassing people. Just preach the truth. He's glorious, and our worship ought to be glorious. I didn't say dead, Oh, you orthodox people, but I'm saying glorious. See, God has given us an opportunity of a lifetime to realize that God doesn't need man for anything for Him to be glorious. He allows us, by His grace, to share His glory. I wish I could repeat that. He allows us to be a part of this church. He allows us to be parents to raise kids for His glory. He He allows us to be married, to have a glorious relationship that shows a lost and divided world what a real marriage is. It's glorious. Christ laid it all aside to die for you. All have sinned and come short of the what? Glory of God. That's the first verse I showed that gentleman last night. You are a sinner. It didn't offend him. He knew it, and he wanted to do something about it. And he was sick and tired of it. It's called repentance. It's called remorse. It's called godly sorrow, and it must be there for somebody to be saved. Say amen. It's not just a one, two, three, and walk the aisles. I've been accused of being over the years by some. Evangelists. Jesus, number three, was beloved of the Father. i am tell you, I'm not going to get past this screen, so just y'all go to sleep back there in the sound room. It'll be fine. But look, look at, me. <laughs> look at, me. and I appreciate them so much. They do a good job. John chapter 17, verse 24. They don't get enough recognition. That team back there does a good job. We have good sound in this place. You know, amen? I know I got a face for a radio. Uh, program but I'm telling you we got good sound I appreciate it good lighting look at verse 24 because we got a good God everything ought to be done decently in order Father I will that they also whom thou given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundations of the world now this is, this is hard for me to understand God is love before God poured his love out on mankind, he poured himself out and expressed his love in a glorious communion with himself. <laughs> That's why I think you ought to love yourself. You ought to accept yourself. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, husbands, you ought to love your wife as you love yourself. I don't mean you're stuck on yourself and pat yourself in the mirror uh, on the back when you look in the mirror and say, I'm God's gift to women. No, that's not pride. That's a wild imagination for most of y'all. Amen. But I want to tell you this. I'm going to tell you we ought to accept ourselves as God's creation. We ought to accept ourselves as children of God and stop going around and being pitiful and apologizing for who we are. Be yourself, but let God be who He is through you. And I had a hard time with that coming up as a son of a drunk. I was just so insecure that I was critical. Bout ruined my marriage. That's why I think I can preach on it in authority. I've seen God turn it around. But I had to admit that I was selfish, that I was insecure, and that I was consumed with the ministry over my marriage. And God's will is not for you to make your wife a spiritual widow. Or your children, spiritual orphans. I believe your family ought to come first, and God will use your family. You'll multiply you to your children. But folks, God's love—the Scripture especially points out the Father's love for His Son uh, when He was baptized. Matthew chapter three, verse seventeen. What did He say? Matthew three seventeen. Look at it. We, we got to go. We got to move chairs. I'm trying to preach so the, those kids will finally move them. I, I'm looking to see if they'll go towards there. You know, I'm going to keep preaching until I hear the chairs set up. But look, look at this. It says in Matthew 3, 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my, next word, beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Do you all say that about your children? they're your beloved son they're my beloved daughter it's nothing like children I'm consumed with it I think it's wonderful amen I'm glad our president uh, endorsed adoption last night and not abortion hallelujah I about jumped out of my seat and said praise God. And I'm not trying to be political but I want to tell you something folks. I'm going to be spiritual for a second. Abortion is murder. Same sex marriage is abomination. And I don't care what party you're affiliated with. If it's affiliated with that junk it's sin. There's some Republicans that are sinful too because they believe in that junk. We are not Republicans or Democrats We're independent Baptists That believe this Bible And the Bible says Life begins at conception And we're studying tonight That Jesus was, a, was born uh, Given to this world But he wasn't born into this world He was born of a virgin He's God And folks God loved Jesus And Jesus loved God And the Holy Spirit loved them all And they loved each other And then they loved us Matthew 17, 5, at the transfiguration, what did he say? This is my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased, and look at this, hear him. I believe you ought to love God's word, and I believe you ought to love God's word because he loved you enough to give it to you. And his brother Jeremy's going to teach us on Sunday nights and a few Sunday nights. A whole lot of men and ladies died for it. Shed their blood Lost their families For the King James Bible And we think Oh it doesn't really matter You know whatever sounds good I want to tell you something When they take the blood out of the Bible It don't sound good When they call Mary a young, a young lady Instead of a young virgin It don't sound good I'm just going to preach on everything I believe And run everybody off for the anniversary But <laughs> folks listen Listen to me. Prophets bore witness of the Father's love for the Son. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 18 is a quote of Isaiah 42, verse 1. Jesus alluded to the Father's love to his, to, in the parable about the wicked men in the vineyard. And Luke chapter 20. Turn there real quick. Luke chapter 20. I was studying that this afternoon. It's fascinating. Just fasten the parables, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning so we can understand them. Let me just give you this and we'll close with a couple more verses. Luke chapter 20 and uh, look at verse uh, um, uh, 9. Luke 20 verse 9. The Bible says, Then began he to speak to the people a parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and led, it, and, and led it forth to husbandmen, farmers, and went into the far country for a long time. At the season he sent a servant to the husband and that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. But the husband beat him and sent him away empty. And again he sent another servant and they beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty. And again he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence Him when they see Him. Folks, God sent His Son. He sent his son that he loved, For God so loved the world, but for God so loved Jesus. And folks Paul affirmed the eternal love of the Father uh, for the Son uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, Colossians chapter one and verse 12 and 13, it says, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Your children are dear to you. They're precious. You ladies agonized to bring them into this world or you went out and chose a child Like somebody chose Brother Tony. And that's love. Great love. But Folks, I want to tell you something. God loved His Son. God loved His Son. And it's timeless and it's spaceless. And the thing that I want you to see is that the Son left the bosom of the Father's love. And folks, for God so loved the world, ought to take on a new depth that he, he left the glory of heaven to come to this earth to manifest His love through His Son, Jesus Christ. And then last but not least, or next to last but not least, Jesus was beloved of the Father. Yeah, this is, this is last. But the Father established eternal purpose. He established a ter- eternal purpose. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter Three, and I'll go back to Ephesians chapter 1 real quick But folks there's a purpose before, before the world was There's a purpose before you was born There's a purpose Here's the purpose Now listen Don't miss this This is the crescendo of the message This is the whole point In Genesis, Ephesians 3.11 The Bible says this I'll find it in just a second I'm sorry it says, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal purpose was purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What was that purpose? We'll go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. Don't you love to study the Word of God? And say amen. Encourage me now. I'm so deep, I don't even know if I'm over, under, or getting through or nothing. Amen. Just, just hang in here for a second. Amen. Don't pack up, don't answer Facebook. But well, look at this, uh, Ephesians six uh, one six, Ephesians 1.6, <clears throat> to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Why are we accepted in the Beloved? That means we're accepted in Jesus. We get to heaven, it's in Jesus. The reason that we're accepted in the Beloved and we're forgiven through the blood, the Bible tells us in verse 6, to the praise of His glory you were saved for the praise of his glory i had to start praying miss rose for the glory of god for my daddy to be saved i was praying for my convenience i was praying for sanity i was praying for a semblance of peace i was praying for my mama not to live in hell no more that's what i was praying for many years and god changed my prayer and said for the glory of god save cleveland james cofield and he did <laughs> Woo, and I'm going to be with him one day. See, I'm still just a kid with a saved daddy. Praise God. Now look at Ephesians 1, 12. We're we're closing now. Y'all getting something out of this? It says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. God gives you faith to trust Christ. Why? To the praise of his glory. One more thing to show you the eternal purpose that was established before the world was. Verse 14. Verse 14. And I want to read verse 13 for all the hyper-Calvinists in here. It says, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. That's the down payment of heaven is being saved. Heavenly peace, heavenly joy, heavenly purpose. Listen to this now. i got to hurry until the redemption of the purchased possession, and to the praise of His glory. I don't have time to finish this, but I want to tell you something, friend. What it's talking about is, before the world was, God had an eternal purpose established. Before the world was now. And it's not an excuse for carelessness or disobedience. It's a reason for encouragement, for obedience, and for service. Folks, God had this purpose that He would be glorified through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that you would have a privilege of being in Christ. This is over your head. Read, read Romans 11, sometime. It's way over your head. But God's eternal plan was you to believe it and act upon it and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and bring glory to the eternal, glorious God. I don't know about you, but it makes me want to grin. It makes me want to smile. And it makes me want to rejoice. And it makes me want to look up when I want to die and give up. And say, Glory to God. I have a purpose. And that purpose was before the world was. That God be glorified through you. Let's pray. Father, that's way over my head. I can't fathom it, I can't understand it, but I believe it. And Lord, it's so glorious that I just want to bow before you and say, God, you're enough. And Lord, you're enough. And Jesus, your love and blood was enough. And Lord, I worship you. I adore you. I bow before you and I yield to you best I know how.